welcome, welcome to the Run With Us podcast, your show for everything Chicago Bulls. And now, your co-hosts, Michael Lavalarte and Kevin McKenna. Bulls fans, Bulls Nation, those of you who see red, welcome on back to the Run With Us podcast. That's for you, and it goes for me as well. I am making my return. How are you doing today, Michael? I'm doing all right, Kevin. It's so great to have you back in the booth with me. It's or even if this back. is not the booth, but amazing. No, not booth. the booth today. Yeah, as you can hear, it might sound a little bit different. We are recording from home today because we're trying to get on Kevin's schedule now. So we're going to be doing these over a video chat. We're using Skype right now. Um, hopefully it doesn't sound thing. too much worse. Yeah, for now, we're just trying to figure out until Kevin gets out of the academy, which Kevin, tell our fans how it's going. Uh, it's going well, man. It's hard work, um, but it's something I really enjoy. And it's, I don't know, it's meaningful stuff. So it's a, it's a good time. All right, quick quiz. How many points of contact with the apparatus at all times? Three points of contact on the apparatus at all times. There you go. See, kids, you, 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 learn, you learn something in the fire academy. And, you know, he saves lives, too. Once he's out, he's going to be a lifesaver. Anyway, yeah. we got some bull stuff to talk about. So we'll put the fire we'll, – we'll tell the fires to, to stop for, like, about 40 minutes now. Yeah. And, uh, um, real, this is not like the fire that is the Chicago Bulls. This is not going to be a permanent thing that is uh, throughout the, all of the um, academy either. Um, we'll have a better setup come either next week or the week following. So Yeah, this is – we're just doing – This is not the new quality of our show or anything right. like that. But it is great uh, to have Kevin back, so we'll take what we can get. I'm happy to be back, man. This is good stuff. And for once, we have a lot to talk about today. We do. But before that, we do got to give a big shout out to DJ for holding it down for Kevin while while, uh, while Kevin was studying the flames. Um, DJ did a good job. We'll probably have him on again one, you know, sooner than later. But as of right now, it's going to be back to me and Kev. But again, big hand for DJ. Good job. Yay. Shout out DJ again. All right. So as you said, we got a lot to talk about this week, Kev. It's I a guess nice we change. Just, it, it is. We don't have to beg God for good Bulls news anymore. <laughs> last time, last time I was on, I was gonna say the last time we recorded was like the right before preseason started, and we were begging at that point. We were literally on our knees begging like dogs for yeah. news. Exactly. So. And now everything's different, man. We gotta jam a shit ton of stuff into one episode, and I couldn't ask for more. Oh yeah. All right, Kev. So obviously the Bulls are one and two. We were at the game against Cleveland on Saturday. We'll get into we that sure a little were. bit down the line. I think first we should talk about the, I guess, upset over Miami to start the season. Because as much as I don't want to say it, I think Bulls fans and NBA fans alike just thought the Heat were going to win, considering how well they played against us last year. So I mean, I did. Yeah, I did too. And then we came out and, you know, the whole team fought hard in that game. We saw a big performance from Io DeSumo. We saw... DeMar DeRozan being absolutely DeMar DeRozan as like the, it's DeMar being more DeMar than we've ever seen at that point. And yeah, and then I mean, Vooch, dude, Vooch had such a good game. And we're going to talk, we're going to talk all about this right now. So we have so much to talk about just from the heat game alone. So Kevin, I'll let you get into it. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So for, great way to start off the season. Oh yeah. Um, so we, we had a bit of a rough, first half not a bit of a rough half we had a rough first half looked like the same old bulls we fell behind pretty early on um kind of stuff we're used to seeing 
the one thing that I will say immediately, I'll start with coaching staff, Billy Donovan specifically, was although this has not been the case for all of our games so far, first game of the season against Miami, great. Adjustments made at halftime. Uh, really looks like the Bulls got a kick in the ass, and we came out much stronger in the second half. And this hasn't been the case completely so far this season. I mean, we have a s- small sample size. But that first game specifically, we got good things at halftime. Right. And, you know, that was one of the big uh, problems with Billy last year. Just, you know, we would get out coached consistently. And Eric Spolstra, as you know, everyone knows, is one of the best coaches in the NBA. So having to deal with, with him as your opposing coach is, is not always easy. And, and Billy Donovan did a really good job of combining the right rotations with the right adjustments in that game. And, you know, we saw IO get hot and he played a big role in that game. We saw DeRozan, you know, who really, really was quiet in the first half, didn't do much. I think he only had nine points in the first half. Nine points, nine points in the yeah. first half. Yep. And then, you know, obviously going for 28 in the second half shows just what DeMar can do, how he can take over a game. So, you know, a big shout out to Billy for that game, like you said, because we don't win that game if we don't make adjustments because it was the same I want to say it was the same kind of bulls we saw in that first half as what we saw in last season against, especially against the Heat. The Heat played a suffocating style of defense. Now, they did lose P.J. Tucker, who is one of their premier defenders and was really one of their greatest players last year. And you see it's a different team without him. They don't have that kind of intensity right now that they had with him, especially in the playoffs. So we were able to take advantage of that. And I think the main X factor in that game was obviously DeMar at 37, but Vooch really played a huge role in that game. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to hand this over to you so you can just go on a rant about Vooch. Cause I'm, I, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but for week one of the season, he's my MVP. Oh, absolutely. Um, so yeah, everyone knows that we're big Vooch proponents here. Um, and going into the preseason, I was really excited to see if Vooch can kind of pick up where he left off from, um, his run in the playoff, his his series in the playoffs, because he was one of the little bright spots. We've talked about this before. He was one of the little bright spots that we actually had in that series against Milwaukee last year. Right. Now, Vucevic came into the preseason, looked pretty good. And then the question was, when it comes to the actual spotlight, when, he, when we get into these regular season games, can Vucevic keep it up? Now, we didn't get the most efficient shooting night from him. Uh, by any means uh we got 15 points i uh, didn't shoot the three very well he made one three but the three he did make was vital right um he was one for five from three still struggled with a shot early on like i said 15 points but he grabbed 17 rebounds yeah that's exactly what we need from him because of how undersized we are obviously we have drummond this year which helps in the rebounding category but we still lack a true power forward so Vooch is going to have to be one of the elite rebounders in the NBA this year, and he showed that against the Heat. And, you know, he's had some struggles against Bam, who is a very good defensive center, a bit undersized, but plays bigger than he is and can guard pretty much any position. So he made Bam his baby in that game, and it was great to see because Vooch always, you know, last year we saw him get dominated by, you know, really good centers and also some really bad centers too. And and we want to see him take advantage of when he has a size mismatch, um, when, you know, if he's having a better night than the other center, go at them. You know, he was going at Bam. He, he realized Bam was just in his head that game. His, Bam's confidence looked low. He was missing easy shots. 
So Vuce was going at him, and the Bulls were giving him the opportunity to go at him. And I think they should have done that even more in that game, and then obviously even more in other games after that. And and I think one of the biggest things to note is that five of those 17 rebounds were on the offensive glass. That is vital. And that is a big change that we saw last year. Um, One of the biggest things is Vooch is a walking double-double. We all know this. He wakes up and he he, gets one for breakfast. Yeah, exactly. It's nothing to him. He he puts on his double-double socks and his double-double shoes, and (laughs) it's automatic, right? Um, But to see him more productive on the offensive glass is huge. And now we'll get into the other games later. This wasn't necessarily sustained, but like I said, it's a small sample size. So you can take good things from one game of a small sample size and at least hope to expect this throughout the season. So his activity on the offensive glass is huge. That's one thing that the Bulls really struggled with last year. That's something the Bulls have struggled with in general. Um, I feel like many, many Bulls teams in the past have struggled on the offensive glass and getting those second chance points. Right. um, Yeah. So great to see that five offensive rebounds out of his 17 rebounds total. What a monster game on the glass for Vooch. Yeah. And um, they, you know, he was again, while DeRozan put up that 37 points, he he, DeRozan's scoring kept this in it, but Vooch's energy on both ends of the court. He played one of his best, honestly, one of his best games as a bowl defensively in that game. Because again, Bam, you know, there was a reason why Bam wasn't hitting the shots. And, you know, I think, I don't know. I don't remember his stats exactly, but I know Vooch had a couple of steals and a couple of blocks in that game, which, uh, you know, that's all you could really ask for a yeah. guy who's not known to be a defensive guy. You know, effort, three blocks. Being a, three blocks, yeah. Being the physical player is what we need Vooch to do. Because we understand he's not the most athletic center. You know, he's not going to block every shot. He's not going to contest every shot. But when he does and he is in a chance to contest, can he do it without fouling? And can he do it at a consistent pace? But, and that's a big uh, thing with a lot of players, not just Vooch. Um, but it definitely impacts Vooch. Yeah, playing defense without fouling, man. That's one of the hardest things to do in the NBA, especially with the Bulls being undersized. You know, you have all so many mismatches every game. You know, we, we saw against the, the Wizards and the Cavs, both teams who played big lineups. Like, we got beasted in the paint against those teams because we lack a true power forward. And it, it's hard to not foul their big guys because it's, you know, Javante Green or Patrick Williams guarding seven-footers. So it's going to be – it's going to be interesting to see how the Bulls maneuver around this again because it's it, we saw it a lot last year and now the same story is happening this year. It's it's not easy to 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 be in a mismatch every game because most teams aren't running you know four guard lineups these days for as many minutes at the Bulls as the Bulls do it. And Billy Donovan you know is adamant about putting these four guard lineups out there. We see him a lot. You know we see this year Io Zach. Um, you know we've seen Io Zach, Kobe Goran. We've seen. Uh, you know, Io, Goran, DeRozan, Kobe, like it's been a lot of guards rotation because there's just not a lot of depth that we can get quality minutes from every power forward. You know, Derek Jones will play it. We see Javante, we see Pat Williams, but that's pretty much it. And none of those guys besides Javante for a few minutes here and there have really done much this season so far. And again, very small sample size, but, but moving on from that Miami game, which was a really good energy boost for the Bulls going into their game against the Wizards and what is really a tough schedule to start because of the, the amount of games we're playing early. Um, that Wizards game, they just they just didn't have the energy. And and we said it, me and DJ talked about it last week. That's one of those teams where you have to 
come out and fight and play really hard because the Wizards are on that fringe. Are they contenders or are they playoff contenders? Are they bad? And the Wizards are going to play hard every night because they don't really have much to lose. They're not trying to tank. They're trying to compete, but they're just probably not good enough to be in that top tier of the East. So you know what kind of team they are. And those are the teams that it's easy to say, oh, we'll beat them. We'll beat them. But the Bulls obviously didn't play hard enough. They didn't, you know, they just weren't able to execute down the stretch. And obviously it came down to a, a DeMar DeRozan buzzer beater again in Washington. And as bad of a shot as it was, you actually are okay with DeRozan taking that shot. Cause I think we all expected it to go in. Yeah. I mean, I certainly, I don't know if I expected it to go in, but it, DeMar takes it. And there's no part of you. That's like, Oh, there's no shot because DeMar can seemingly put up anything and have I mean, a chance that, of that thing went in and out too. That thing was very close to dropping. That would have been absolutely insane if he hit that shot. Oh yeah. It's a game of inches. Um, we definitely saw that there, it, it, but the thing is, and I know you would completely agree, and I think all the Bulls fans agree, we should have never been in that position against right. that we team. Should have been, we should have been winning. Like, if we're going to be the contending team that we hope to be, we have to be beating those teams. We can't be down. we got to stop coming and have to come back because we have to waste so much of our energy just trying to get back into a game that once we do get back into it, then we are out. They we're so tired and so worn out from fighting through the second and third quarters. That fourth quarter time, you know, you need DeMar to get you 25 points in the fourth quarter or you're not going to win. And we can't rely on that because DeMar can't do that every night. Right. Uh, something that surprised me, um, the the Wizards shot 38% from three in this game. It felt like 70%. Um, yeah, they were, they, were just, they were just chucking them and everything was going in, it felt like. And uh, honestly, if it weren't, it's a game of, you know, teams are going to miss shots. No one's going to be hitting every night, but for the amount of open looks that they were getting, uh, it, it could have been even more damaging than it was. And and true, they did make a lot of contested shots as well. And Kuzma, Kuzma got hot, and when Kuzma gets hot, it doesn't matter who's in his face, really. Right, right. But it was, it was the first telltale sign that, oh, defense is going to be an issue this year. Just yeah, like, and we saw that in the Heat game too in the first the first half, and it's like it's almost it almost feels like the Bulls just like they only could play, they only could do that if it's like if they don't have a choice like they they should come out and play that kind of defense from the get go. And I'm not you know I understand that we don't have a lot of the players just aren't capable of playing that good defense. But team defense is still a thing, and you know there's teams that have bad defenders on their team and are able to get around that because they play strong team defense. They communicate well. You know, they fight as hard as they can because defense, a lot of it is, is you know, having good footwork and technically sound on how you move. But a lot of it's also just energy, sticking with the player, getting through screens, you know, not falling asleep on defense. And you don't always see that from everyone in the pools. Even our so-called good defenders sometimes slack off. And with this team and with what we what we have on, on in terms of talent, we need 100 percent effort from everyone. Not just Caruso, not just Pat Williams, not just Javante. Zach Levine's going to have to do it now that he's back. Jamar Rosen, who's actually been solid on defense to start the year, has to continue to play like that and, you know, not just take every possession off because teams are going to go at them. Teams know that these players are solely focused on offense and they're, they're going to go with that narrative. And, and the Bulls aren't going to get far in this season if they don't play that team defense. You saw it against how they locked in in that second half against the Heat, and that just didn't happen in the game against the Wizards and the game against the Cavs. Yeah, no, absolutely. Defensive end, defense is in large part effort, and we definitely lack that. And the problem on the offensive end is 
how stagnant the ball gets sometimes. I mean, the Bulls had 19 assists this game. We, we've seen it day in, day out. It's the games when we put up at least 25 assists that we actually catch dubs. It's, it's when the, the ball gets stagnant. Although we have great isolation players, we just – the stats will tell you success does not come from that. And that's a huge problem that the Bulls have. Right, and you, it's like, again, it feels like they just, they only do that when they have to. And the good teams in the NBA are, are consistently able to move the ball, are consistently able to find open teammates. And it feels like it's pulling teeth with the Bulls to do this sometimes. Again, we have great isolation players, and there's there's times you're like, all right, DeMar, go get us a bucket. Zach, go get us a, bu- a bucket. Even Vooch, go get us a bucket. But the, the look at the Warriors. Steph Curry, one of the best isolation players of all time. Clay Thompson can score in a phone booth because of his jump shot. Even Wiggins is showing the ability to hit those shots, and now Poole, too. But they don't do that. They don't rely on these guys just to say, all right, dribble the ball for 20 seconds and go get a bucket. Nonstop movement, nonstop passing. And the Bulls just, it's like they refuse to do it. And, you know, hopefully Donovan changes up his offensive game plan a little bit to get Booch more looks in the post and to get more guys moving on the on the, on the on the perimeter because it's just – Again, like you said, day in and day out, stagnant offense. Guys just waiting in the corner for Zach or DeMar to get a bucket, and that's not an NBA, you know, contention type of offense. It's, you know, that's just kind of giving up almost, just saying, here, we don't have enough talent on our team, so we, we got to rely on a couple guys to make every play on offense. You're right. I like how you said pulling teeth. It's like I feel like we've been asking this, and it's not all on Billy Donovan, right? No, no, um, the players – you know, we don't want to see Zach chucking up shots, and we don't want to see Demar chucking up shots. It's 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 difficult because, but I do feel like we've been asking this of Billy Donovan since the first year he got here. Um, it's it's been a consistent issue, and it hasn't, and it seems to re- resolve at times. Um, I feel like games where Levine or Demar struggle a little, which is rare, especially for Demar. That's when we see the ball moving a lot more. And that's why it's a tough balance because you have such incredible players who are so crafty and who can, like you said, DeMar DeRozan can score in a phone booth. He can, he can right. make a shot yeah. himself out of anywhere, but it, it has to be a balanced effort. And that is the, that is the biggest issue. I mean, last year, our win percentage when we had 30 plus assists was on, was unbelievable compared to the games where the ball got stagnant. More times than not, it, it resulted in a loss. It was very rare. It, it happened. But it's very rare that Zach and DeMar are going to put up 35 points each and will come out with a win, you know, with 16 assists on the night. Exactly, yeah. And and that was very evident against, you know, this type of play was very evident against, against the Wizards. And then also against the Cavs. And they're, you know, it shows because those, two, those are the two games the Bulls have lost so far. And you see the difference between – Game one and games two and three, because, yeah, game one, the Bulls came out sluggish to start, but they were able to find their offense and move the ball. And the players complimented DeMar. Iowa was hitting opening shots. You know, we had Vooch putting up some really good paint pain points and then also hitting some threes when it counts. And then, you know, we had the bench come you know, the bench had a really good game in game one with guys like Dragic, Dragic, Kobe White getting hot of late or late in the game. And then Drummond, too, also playing a, a big role. But then we didn't see that as much in games two and three. And, you know, we talked about the Wizards game, and I think that, you know, a lot of what we saw in the Wizards game also is something we saw in the Cavs game. But before we talk about the Cavs yeah, game, uh, we are going to go ahead. 
do a quick announcement from our sponsor, DraftKings. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. So check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. We were at the game on Saturday, get home game against the Cavs, and you know it makes the game so much more fun when you put a nice little bet down on the Chicago Bulls. While the bet didn't hit, the odds were much better than any other sportsbook that I'm a part of. DraftKings gives you the best odds. They give you more bets that you can bet on, and you can't pass up these deals that they're offering. So you know what to do, guys. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN to make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And again, that's promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Kev. So we need to talk about the game against the Cavs because it was ugly. And we were there to witness it. Now, first off, I'm going to say it was a great time. Shout out again to Aiden for getting us those great tickets. We were section 100, row three, right behind the basket. We were so close to the action. It was awesome. That Definitely the closest I've ever been to a sports game and definitely the one of the best experiences I've had in a sports game. But unfortunately, the Bulls got, you know, the Bulls got their heads handed to them on a dish by the by the division rival. Cavaliers, and they were without their other all-star in Darius Garland. Cavs look good, man. The Cavs look legit. And Donovan Mitchell, if he keeps this kind of play up, he's going to be pushing MVP candidacy this year because he was unguardable by no matter who he threw out at him. I'll let you start off and what you want to talk about this game. But it was not pretty for the Bulls team in that for the Bulls effort, I should say, in that game. No, certainly not. Um, one thing I wanted to note about this game, <clears throat> just uh, excuse me, sorry, just backing up my comment before on our ball movement. Uh, Bulls don't look good against the Wizards. 19 assists. Bulls get pummeled by the Cavs. 19 assists once again, compared to Cleveland's 32. I'm just saying, assists are a huge indicator of a team success, especially a team like us. So I wanted to throw that out there. Um, man, this game, although, like you said, great time. Got there early, got a nice T-shirt, 50% off beer, 50 well, me club specifically, not a sponsor, 50% off food, kind of like a hot dog, a brat, some drinks. It's like 15 bucks. Phenomenal stuff. I just wanted to throw that out there. Then, unfortunately, we have to get into the play. And, God, I get we were coming off of back-to-back, but there was just no energy, dude. Yeah, that's not really an excuse. Like, these are NBA players. You know, me and you were talking about that. Like, I was like, dude, they're going to be really tired. They're just coming out of traveling. It's, like, the first week of the season. You know, everyone's still getting their legs under them. But what you said was, you know, these these players are getting paid millions of dollars. So, they, you know, yeah, they're going to be a little sluggish, but they still need to have the energy because – you know, they're used to it. They've been through this before, and they know that you know every game counts, especially in the early part of the season, man, because you saw how important it was for us to get those wins early last year because we wouldn't have gotten in the playoffs if we didn't, you know, we, if we weren't the one seed at the at the All-Star break. So we can't, you know, we got to step up quick, and we can't let that, you know, that hangover from a tough loss like that 
affect us this week because we got another tough week ahead of us. And we'll get into that in our weekly preview. True. But, but uh, like you said. The thing is, it's not – this is not a back-to-back in February. This is a back-to-back the first week of the season. And, yes, players are still getting their legs under them. But this is not the type of gas we're going to be come the later stretch of the season after the All-Star break. Right, yeah. These players, they're, they're fresh. They're, they're fresh in the, in the fact that they haven't been, you know, playing six months of basketball. They just come out of the offseason. We had, what, you know, four preseason games, three of them that the yep. actual players played. And, you know, there's a di- this is a different type of – this is just getting your conditioning back in shape, like getting your 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 legs back under you. Where in February it's like, all right, this is middle of the season. This is like this is where you know the dog days. You're you're tired. You played you know 50 games already. You're you know in the middle. You're in the middle of the the pack in terms of playoff seating, and you have to you know. We got some players that are in their 30s. Demar's 33. Vooch is I think 33 as well. And you know these guys, they're gonna have to bury it. You know bury that down. And be like, all right, just tough it out. And that's a different type of fatigue. So right now we need everyone to play like, but like they're 25, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, just too long of a season for us to be looking this gassed. Right. On a back to back next week. Um, so and against in the home have... opener, man, like the energy just wasn't there. The crowd was in it, but the, the, the team, besides that Javante dunk, which was amazing, the team really just, from from the end of the first quarter, it was just really tough, man. Yeah, absolutely fell flat, especially for a game where your star player uh, makes his season debut. Um, and we're going to get into Zach Levine. My opinion, one of the stronger points uh, um, of this game. But as a whole, uh, I believe we shot like 40%. Yeah, 40.5%. Uh, we definitely struggled shooting night. There's a lot of open looks. Um, I think we'll start because we haven't talked about that much with our role players here. Javante Green, not a great game. Uh, Kobe White, kind of poor. Unfortunately, Io, five points. You know, he had four rebounds, three assists, but Io just didn't look they're, the same. They're asking a lot of Io this year, and I, and I, I, it's not that I don't think Io can do it. It's that it's. You gotta like we have to remember who Io is. You know, Io Io wasn't you know a top ten pick. He was a, a second round pick who outplayed his his draft position by a you know a long mile. And oh, the Bulls my. are asking him to come in and be like you know not only clamp up the opposing player's best guard or the opposing team's best guard, but also you know now be like a fifteen point per game scorer in that backcourt. Maybe not fifteen points, but you know be a an option offensively because last year he was more of just a facilitator and like spot up shooter, I guess, even though he's not, not the greatest shooter. And one of the things is everyone's talking about his jump shot, which is definitely a lot better. And his confidence is higher and they're going in more, but he's not, you know, a knockdown shooter and we can't, this offense isn't going to go very far if we're using him as, you know, our knockdown shooter. Now, do we have a lot of other options? No, because we just relax shooting, but we're going to have to find a way to get guys like, Kobe White hot to get him open shots to get guys like uh, Zach Levine, who's our best three point shooter, open shots. And then hopefully once Lonzo comes back, he can help with that three point shooting if he comes back. But, you know, Patrick Williams is going to have to start knocking down threes. Vooch is going to have to shoot at a higher clip. And then Zach is going to have to, you know, really be a sniper this year because the shooting is not there and we can't rely on IO to be shooting seven threes a game, you know? 
Yeah, that's definitely one of the biggest holes. And we'll get to Patrick Williams uh, right after this game recap um, because I definitely think we need to draw a little bit of attention to that. Um, we won't spend too long on it but because there's not much to say. and We all know the situation, but we'll touch on that. Um, really, this game, you know, like we said, there, there wasn't much production from our bench guys. Caruso struggled. Dragic struggled. You know, Drummond was kind of doing his thing. He grabbed seven boards uh, as opposed to our starter, Nikola Vucic's four. Um, don't get me wrong. It's really tough when you're out there facing Jared Allen. Um, and, of course, um, Evan, Mobley. Evan Mobley. Sorry, excuse me. But, yeah, it was just – it was kind of a pitiful game all around. You know, DeMar, DeMar with 13 points, an assist. It didn't really, DeMar didn't really look like – he didn't really like – I don't know if he was tired or they just were looking other directions, but he just didn't take a lot of shots, I felt like, in that game. It wasn't very good. Nine. He only took yeah. nine shots. So it was it was a weird game. They It felt like they were dragging their feet, absolutely. Uh, you know, Levine came out. Uh, Levine looked good. 17, 23 points. There was a stretch there where he, he made three shots in a row. He was looking aggressive going to the rim. Um a lot of missed calls uh, on Levine, and I'll get into the refs in a minute too. But Levine, you know, fresh leg season debut, didn't really surprise me. T- looked looked pretty good, twenty three points. Um, but that was really the only bright spot of this game, man. That's really the only thing I can think of. Yeah, Levine was really was really the only positive to take away. Um, he looked at, at sometimes he looked unguardable because. The Cavs were putting a Coro on them. They were putting Mitchell up points. They were putting, um, you know, uh, Levert, like pretty much any backcourt guy that could play some defense, they were throwing in there. Uh, and, and Zach was scoring pretty much at will. Shot selection is always going to be an issue with Zach a little bit. I like it more when he's looking to attack first because he gets to the rim at ease and he can draw the fouls. Hopefully they start calling him. But, you know, not, not that he's a bad jump shooter, but he takes a lot of contested jumpers and – Though you can't rely on those for offense because those are unless you're Demar Derozan, you don't want you know our two best players just chucking up contested threes or mid ranges. I like when Zach goes to the basket; it opens up you know dribble penetration for everyone else, and he's the best guy we have at getting to the hoop. So he needs to do that on a consistent basis, and hopefully he can get some fouls, finish at the hoop, and then you know be a playmaker too to get people who are open open looks. But like you said, I think the refs in this game, while that's not the reason the Bulls lost, it was. It was a factor. The refs were not good. They missed a lot of calls for both teams, but the Cavs got a lot more calls than the Bulls did. And at you know, at some points we were there, people were booing the refs off the court. You know, Billy Donovan even challenged a, a call, and, got, and I think he won that challenge too. No, I lost. Oh, he did. Lose, yeah, he did lose it a challenge. It was on a uh, a moving screen or something like that. Um, but yeah, the refs were just calling every little ticky tack thing on the Bulls, and the Cavs were kind of just being able to do whatever they wanted, especially in the paint. You saw Drummond a couple of times getting rebounds and they'd hack, you know, they'd hack him and and they just refused to call the whistle, which if you're going to let that happen, you got to let it happen for both sides, you know, not just, not just the Cavs. Agreed. Um, now we're not the type of podcast. We're not going to sit here every week or every bad game and complain about the refs. That's definitely not our thing. Um, that's not our mojo. Um, we'll mention it here and there. Um, uh, but in case you were nervous about that, or some people even like for people to go into the refs. I mean, that's just really not us here. We're not ones to blame the refs for. Yeah, and that's part of basketball anyway. That's part of the game. 
you got to man it. You know, you got to figure out what the refs are calling. And if the refs are calling fouls on you, don't foul. You know, just. I mean, it kind of comes down to that. Obviously, there's things that are avoidable. And there's going to be games where it's so abysmal that we will talk about it and rant about it for a bit. Right. But as a whole, um, in general, we usually lay off and let them do their thing. Although, funny yeah. enough, speaking of the refs, um, the after action report on the oh, Wizards yeah. game was that DeMar <laughs> got fouled on that last three-pointer. Just casually costing us a W, you know, like, oh, it's, we'll give him, we'll give we'll let him go. We'll let the rest have a break. But again, right. it, 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 while they did cost us that game, the Bulls did not deserve to win that game anyway. No, absolutely. So we got outplayed by the Wizards and, you know, it just, yeah, that game, that shot could have gone in, but even if they won that game, they should look at themselves and be disappointed with their effort in that game. And then obviously they should be very disappointed with their effort against the Cavs and, you know, I'm not saying we're going to beat the Cavs every time. There's a good chance we get, you know, even if it's a close game, we lose. But that's the thing. It wasn't close. It, we got, you know, we got down early in the or late in the first. We got off to a really good start, actually, in that game, which was surprising because we usually start out really slow, especially offensively. We were up 12 to 5. Then, you know, the Cavs kind of just took it over from there behind their star, Donovan Mitchell. And the Bulls, while they, they made a couple of runs to make it, I think we got within 11 or 9 at one point. Then the fourth quarter came and the Cavs just said, all right, you're going to sleep. And they put us away. United Center was silent that entire fourth quarter pretty much besides the uh, when they dropped the shirts from the rafters. But other than that, there wasn't a lot of energy left in that building. No, man. Uh, pretty dull. And that's how we wrapped up week one. So week one in the books, I think what we'll do, I think this is kind of a nice idea here. We'll do ourselves a little MVP of the week and uh, – um, maybe MVP, not valuable player of the week, something like that. Um, I'm going to say you want to, Mike. Vooch, I think you're going to agree with me. While DeMar played great those first two games and, you know, took on the scoring load, I think Vooch has been the X factor for this team. And like you said, his shots haven't been falling at the rate we want him to, but he's making big shots when it counts. And he's been really good on defense to start this season out. And we know about his rebounding. Rebounding numbers are a bit down from – in the last two games, and that's expected considering the teams we played have a lot of big guys on them. But Vooch uh-huh. is just – his confidence is back, and he, he he seems to be more vocal and just more, like, energized to play with the team. Even on – even just – Yeah, man. At, you know, throughout his motions, you can you can tell it's, it's a little bit different. Agreed. Definitely one of the best things week one to see was Vooch's play, and he seems to have a little bit of swagger back in him. So and, how about and, your pick for – MVP, uh, you got right. one more point? Well, I was just going to say, I go back to what I used to think about this team and say, you know what, maybe we need more of a rim running center, athletic center. I think that Vooch is actually the perfect starting center for this team. While it would be great if he can play, you know, if he could be a better def- defender and shot blocker, I think that if the Bulls didn't have a scoring option at the five, we would be extremely screwed. And it's nice to have Vooch as kind of a bailout option sometimes. You know, just dump it down and, hit. you know, even if he doesn't finish the shot, he's going to give you a good look because of his ability to post up and score around the basket. But going off of that MVP or least or least valuable, valuable player for this week, I hate to do it, but it's going to have to be Patrick Williams. We yeah, just it's not my seen, pick as well. We just have not seen anything. And, I, you know, we need to, we need to cover P-Dog because he, he still, you know, for some for some odd reason, he still is a starting power forward in this team, which is fine. Like, I still like P-Dog, but I – you know, it's hard for me to say, oh, he's completely a bust. There's no way I could say that. He's only 21. We know how how some players just take longer to develop. 
but they say year three is the year you got to go. And he looks just lost. And I hate to say it, but I think he should be benched. I think Javante needs to start on this team. And I think it's going to be helpful for the Bulls and for Patrick Williams and for Javante Williams. Javante's not, I'm sorry, Javante Green. My bad. I don't think it's a question. Uh, Javante Green has earned that spot. And unfortunately, Patrick Williams has just not shown out whatsoever in any one of these games. Um, when he's deciding to take shots, they look good. And um, the thing is, one of the things I wanted to note, and Jamal from Bull Central, great YouTube page. Hopefully we can do something with him at one point. I think it was him. I was watching a video. And he was talking all about how Patrick Williams, uh, although when he does get the ball, he does start to look to create and he's got a nice mid-range pull-up and he does seem to want to score when he receives the ball. He just stands there in the corner when he does not have the ball. He waits for the ball to come to him and he's not going to get those scoring opportunities and he's not helping anyone if he's not cutting to the rim or coming off of screens or going to set screens. Right, and, it's not helping and Vooch can't be the only one playing down low. Like he's he's our power forward. We need someone else in the paint or you know around the hoop to get to get some of the, the pressure off the perimeter. Because if we're such a perimeter oriented team, you know we, we we give the ball to our guards and and we let them create. It's fine. But if Patrick Williams just standing in the corner, that defender is basically, you know, he's basically just can cancel out Patrick Williams. And Williams hasn't been able to hit threes at a consistent enough clip where defenders can't cheat off of him. So. You know, like you said, he he just stands there and he needs to be, you know, there, no one's saying he's going to get 20 shots a game, but he needs to go make himself more available in the offense. How does Javante Green get open looks? He cuts the hoop. He runs on the, he's on the fast break. He's flying around the court. He's always moving. And he ends up, you know, if he starts, I can see him scoring like eight to 10 points a game just because of the looks that he gets down low. And sure, Javante isn't a three-point shooter and I don't think ever will be, but he can May he at least shoot the shot and keep defenses honest. And, you know, while Javante is a bit undersized to play the four, I think that, like you said, it's just Patrick Williams has not done enough to keep that spot as a starter. No, definitely not. So we're obviously going to be keeping an eye on him. Um, he's going to be one of the main uh, focal points and one of the main talking points this season, Patrick Williams. Um, definitely the most anticipated player to watch on the Bulls this year, in my opinion. Um, as far yeah. as Bulls fans specifically, when it comes to our upcoming core and all that jazz. So, um, I don't know. We're going to be talking about Patrick Williams a lot. And hopefully it's not in the manner that, that we are this week. Because right. Well, I want to I be able to call him an MVP a couple times this week, uh, you know, a couple times this year. Not, yeah, you know, no not an MVP for the NBA, an MVP for the week since we're doing that. For our show. Yeah. Right. Um. So we got a, a busy week this week. We got the Celtics tonight. Now, this show is going to be airing Tuesday morning. So, you know, anything we say tonight will just be kind of retrospect because they would already have played the Celtics. But it's not an easy matchup. We are at home, but the Celtics are 3-0 and on the year and have been playing some really good basketball on the on both offensive and defensive end. So Jason Tatum is averaging 34 points a game this year, 8.3 rebounds, and three assists and his defense has been good and then Jalen Brown's you know in the I think high 20s scoring this year and then they have so much depth on that team even without Robert Williams they have Malcolm Brogdon coming off the bench that tells you a lot right there so if this is one of the 
you know, the test of the season. Could we make a statement game against the, the Celtics on, you know, on the home court, especially after what happened against the Cavs? This one's going to be really, really tough, but really crucial um, because we definitely need a bounce back. Yes. And um, like you said, that <laughs> that momentum can be so important because that feeling you get after beating a team that just went to the finals last year, who won the East last year, can, you know, it just it's uh, contagious to everyone in the locker room. So Monday night against the Celtics need at least a competitive game, need at least a competitive game. Can't be relying on, you know, can't be digging out from a 30 point deficit in the third quarter. It just can't happen. If we lose, no, I want it to be, you know, lose by two or four points. If we win, I'm guessing it's going to be a dogfight because the Celtics aren't a team that you can easily blow out. With that said, Monday night or Wednesday night, we got another home game against the Pacers. So three home games in a row for the for the Bulls after starting the season with two games on the road. And the Pacers are another one of those teams, man. You, you, you don't prepare enough for them. You don't give them enough thought and, you know, energy. You can easily lose to the Pacers because they are led by one of the best young players in the league in Tyrese Halliburton, who is off to a great start, um, you know, averaging almost, I think, 25 points a game. Yeah, 25 and uh, almost 10 assists. So he is showing out for that team. And they got they got some players, man. And we got to go into that game at home, say, doesn't matter what happened against the Celtics. Doesn't matter what we have later in the week. We have to beat the Pacers because the teams aren't going to respect us in the NBA if we can't beat, you know, bottom of the tier, bottom of the league teams like the Pacers. Yeah, no, uh, this is a must-win game against the Pacers. They're one and two right now, but they're a lot like the Wizards in the fact that, like you just said, it, it's one of those teams that you can underprepare for, um, and underestimate. So this yeah. is definitely a must-win game. Uh, on the injury report right now, Daniel Tice, Miles Turner are both out right now. Um, I'm actually unaware of Miles Turner's injury. Let's see here. I apologize for not knowing this. Mike, do you know anything about his injury here? No, I want to see. Uh, let's see. Let's see. He's he's out for a week. Looks like he's got a uh, an ankle sprain. Ankle sprain. Right. Yeah. I knew so it couldn't be. I, I don't think be he'll be back by Wednesday. But it doesn't matter because they still, again, like Miles Turner is an elite player for them and one of their best players. But, you know, Vooch will have to take advantage of whoever they're playing at the starting position, especially if Daniel Tice is out, too. But right. That's you know. that's you see, that's what I was going to hint at. So this is definitely a position where Vucevic can continue his momentum and continue his strong play. I sure hope. And it's definitely going to be a spot of advantageous events for us here. Yep. And then after the Pacers, we have a back-to-back again on a Friday-Saturday. We got the Spurs on the road, right? Spurs on the road. And then we come home and face the 76ers. That's going to be another tough back-to-back because it's traveling. So Spurs, another game you have to win. Another game where, you know, they're, they're coached by Greg Popovich. They're not going to be an easy – they're not never going to be an easy beat-down team. They fight, they play hard, and they – you know, they play defense. So Bulls are going to have to take advantage of that one. No more Javante Mur- or Javante Murray for the Spurs. So the Bulls are going to have to, if the Bulls are truly a star team in the league, they have to show it against the Spurs and the Pacers in that matter of fact. And then that leads us to the end of the week on Saturday, which is not going to be an easy one against the 76ers. Harden, Embiid, Maxi, Tucker, Tobias Harris, you know, 
a lot of talent on that 76ers team and one that we struggled with last year. Yeah, I, we lost to them on back-to-backs early in the season last year. Um, now, obviously, we can't dwell on seasons prior, but this team only got better. And they're going to be looking, especially this week, to string together some wins. So that's a, definitely a big circle on their schedule as well. Um, although they have struggled um, so far this week, they are 0-3 currently, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they are. But they've also had a really tough schedule to start out. They've had the well, Bucks that's what I was and, say. and the, they, and the uh, uh, Bucks and the uh, Celtics to start the season. Yes, absolutely. Although they have struggled um, – what I was going to point out is this is not going to a team that's going to continue to struggle. And when they bounce back, they're going to be bouncing back hard. So this is a massive game on NBA TV. Um, so first should be our first. Uh, first yeah, that's our first national, uh, television. national televised game. Yep. Let's let's see the so, Bulls fight again. It's not a team that we were necessarily it's not a given win, but you just want to see competitive play. You know, there's going to be games where yeah. you lose, but you played hard, and that's all that matters. There's going to be games where you lose and you didn't play hard, and those are the ones that really frustrate fans and, you know, fans and the players, too. So, got a tough week, some hard games, some games we need to win, some traveling back-to-backs. Uh, I, real quick, maybe a record prediction. I want to say – I'm going to say 2-2. Two and two. I just – with the where our team is at right now, I don't see us beating the Celtics. And I don't see us beating the, the 76ers. Yeah, um, I'm also going to go with two and two. I think we should, especially after the week we just had um, and the integrity that I know this team possesses, I definitely see us beating both the Pacers and the Spurs this week. Um, Celtics and Sixers, two top teams in the East. They're going to be really tough. Um, and I'm not sure we're quite suited for that this early in the season just yet. So I'm also going to say two and two. It's going to be a tough week. Hopefully they prove us wrong. Hopefully they can come out. All we ask is for them to play hard and come out with the energy that we know we can, that we've seen at times, but they just sometimes struggle to play with and, and pass the ball. Yeah. Pass the ball. And Billy Donovan really instilled that, that into your team. Say, you know, the defense on defensive energy and just the, the, the player and ball movement on offense. But that's going to do it for us today. It was a long show because, you know, it's the season's here, so we got so much to talk about. Finally, this is what we've been waiting for as Bulls fans. Bulls basketball is back. Let's hope it takes, you know, a bit of a better turn, one and two to start the year. This team is still good. We have a lot of a lot of talent on the team, and I expect big things out of this team. But um, that's, that's it for us today. So, Kevin, I'll let you uh, do the honors for, for today's episode. All righty. Uh, once again, so good to be back. Um, I'm so happy. What a great time, just as Bulls basketball is starting back up. Um, and honestly, I, I don't even remember how to do this. So we're just gonna we're just gonna wing it. I don't even remember how to close off a show. But if you guys could follow us on all our social media platforms at the Run With Us Pod on Twitter, um, hit us up. Let us know any questions. Let us know maybe new segments you want us to do this season. The Bulls season is back. There's gonna be more of you listening, and there's gonna be more of you guys to interact with. So that's a huge thing. Like, follow, rate us on uh, our podcast platforms. Um, See Red. Michael, great job today. Um, happy to be joining you once again. Oh, and, it's, it's awesome to have you back here. Yeah. Again, dude, thankful I'm, for DJ for stepping in. But, you know, there's nothing like there's nothing like the, the original 
original host of the the Run With Us podcast. Nothing like it, baby. Nothing like it. All right. Bulls fans, always run with us, okay? Peace out.